0: Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 73 of UAB Green and Told, original release date June 6th, 2022. Through our podcast, we share stories from members of the UAB community with our audience. Looking to listen to previous episodes? Look us up at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold or on Spotify and the Apple podcast app. We'd love for your help there and encourage you to leave a written review to allow more alumni to find us. I'm Greg Barry, UAB alum and assistant director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. As the decades go by, the roles of men and women change. For today's podcast guest, she grew up during a time when women were supposed to be homemakers. But as Ruby Pruitt will share, she had a deep
1: desire for learning and a burning reason to enroll. I never forgot that my mother said she wanted her children to become educated. Her expression was, I want my children to have opportunities opportunity that I never had
0: between the time she first enrolled at a small private school through the time she returned to the classroom was lengthy. But Ruby will reveal that even the year she spent at UAB obtaining two degrees wasn't something that happened quickly.
1: All together, (laughs) earning my master's took me 10 years I started in 65 and I earned my master's in 75 I had already started teaching
0: and now enjoying retirement and years after graduating UAB she's had time to reflect on how her alma mater has changed it makes
1: me very proud that I'm a graduate from there yes I'm glad to see it grow and do well it makes me very proud of who I am
0: Ruby Pruitt has seen a lot over the decades. She was born in the middle of the Great Depression, went to school during World War II, and saw UAB grow into an autonomous university. To get to know Ruby was an extreme pleasure, and to begin her story,
1: you have to start with her growing up in the cotton fields of West Tennessee. I was sent to the cotton fields at age five, and by age eight or nine, I was a champion cotton picker, believe it or not.
0: Okay, so I gotta ask. (laughs) What is a champion cotton picker?
1: That means I could pick more poundage of cotton per day than the adults by the time I was eight or nine years old because my father sent me to the cotton field at age five as a regular hand.
0: If you're sent as a
1: hand, that means you have to work just like the grown-ups.
0: You spent a lot of time in the cotton fields working. What was a typical day like for you?
1: I started at age five and I was, I had always been my mother's shadow. And this, this enters into it. I know she was partly deaf. She got the world flu. She was born in 1901 and she had the world flu, if you remember 1917, 18. It left mother deaf. I was the one who was my mother's shadow because I could yell into her ears and make her understand everything. And therefore, we became very, very close. But I was a hard worker like my mother had to be. Unfortunately, she grew up without parents because both parents died early when she was just a young girl. Depending on your age and how much you could pick, that's the size sack that you got. And so I was pretty soon using an adult size sack because I became a very fast cotton picker and hard worker.
0: From the time you were five through high school, you kept up the work on the farm cotton picking and doing all that kind of work is that correct
1: until almost age 14 my father died between my 12th and 13th year and my mother tried to make a crop she was a hard worker but she couldn't make a crop very well so after that we moved to obion tennessee from the farm we worked other man's another person's farm we worked other person's property the, all of it and we got a portion of the proceeds from it. That was how we lived.
0: So once the cotton career kind of ended, um, shortly after your father died and your mom made a go at it,
1: what did you do? We moved from our from our tenant farm home to the little town of Obion, Tennessee, where my mother found employment. My mother could do most anything except stand behind a plow. <laughs> So she moved to Obion where there were factories and got work. And so I attended high school at Obion High School. When you were in high school, what were you like? Mm -hmm. I played basketball. I loved basketball and I still do. From the very first time I ever saw basketball, I loved it. And I was on the main team when I was a freshman, but I injured my right knee and I was never able to play again. So I was a cheerleader the rest of my high school, but oh, God only knows how painful it was for me to give up basketball. I loved it. I still do to this day.
0: You were growing up uh, in high school and blossoming into a young woman. During the Mm -hmm. time when women were expected to kind of stay at home, late 40s, early 50s, what did Mm -hmm. you wanna do with yourself?
1: i never i had always been such a hard worker my mother never gave me a penny in high school because i was i had been used to the cotton field and working hard and and so i earned my whole way through high school i also worked at a store i did babysitting i did house cleaning i did all those things the four years i was in high school so i could go to business school which i did then I went to Nashville Tent Owning Company as a bookkeeper and saved my money so I could enter college. Then I went to college and that's where I met my husband.
0: Where was college? Was that Freed Hardeman University?
1: Yes, it was.
0: How soon after graduating high school did you start at Freed Hardeman?
1: Two years. I went to Memphis School of Commerce to get a bit of training so I could become, so I could earn my money and I saved all my money so I could go, I had already determined then that I wanted to go to Freed Harbor and I wanted to attend a Christian school.
0: And that school is located in Henderson, Tennessee. So we haven't even gotten to the part where you came to Alabama yet. No. <laughs> so what led you to Alabama? What led to that move?
1: If memory serving me, that was after my husband and I were married. He is a minister and the best up to my memory we were invited to move to birmingham area and we did and that's where our children attended school and there i attended school also at uab so you made the and
0: decision to go back to school
1: i never forgot that my mother who was reared in orford said she wanted her children to become educated Her expression was, I want my children to have opportunity that I never had. I want them to be somebody. Have you ever heard that expression? I have. And I didn't forget that, though I started a family after that first year of college. But there I remained as a part-time student until I had earned a master's degree. And then I started teaching. So what was it like being on campus during that transition? Because you were
0: part of the college community when it moved to being a standalone university.
1: Yes, well of course I was in my 30s, my late 30s when I attended there. So they called me, most of the young students, the 17 and 18 year olds call me grandmother. (laughs) Though I had no grandchildren at the time, I did have three children. So I was grandma in college and I got along very well with the students. I had no difficulty, even though they called me grandma, I was part of the group when I was, in, as, when I was a student at UAB.
0: How did you see the campus transition or, or even just change from the time you started as an undergrad in your 30s to the time you finished with your master's degree?
1: I don't think it had changed so very much by then, but then it did become an independent campus, of course. But I don't think it had changed a lot. I don't recall it had changed a lot during the years I was there.
0: You mentioned during your time at UAB, you continued to work.
1: Yes, I wasn't at first, but then, but then I was. Uh, because I always attended in the evening until... All my children started to school. I would not leave my children. I've been a mother who wanted to be home with my children and to train them. I wanted to be their teacher and not someone else. And so I stayed home with them until they were in school. And then I could attend day school. I went to evening classes while Joe kept the children. And then when they all started to school, though, I started, I was full-time. I became a full-time student. I could go in the daytime. So that all together, <laughs> earning my master's took me 10 years. I started in 65 and I earned my master's in 75. I had already started teaching a high school that last four years. I started there in 71, but then I, I wanted to earn a master's. And so I stayed there in the summer, went to college until I earned my master's.
0: Your, your bachelor's degree was in English. You minored in yes. German.
1: What did you teach yes
0: in high school?
1: I taught language and uh, beginning speech, though I don't think I had a speech co- <laughs> I don't think I had a speech class, but I did teach beginning speech for several years in the public school system in Alabama.
0: And that kind of ties in with the graduate degree with the master's of arts in education then?
1: Yes, yes. Which of
0: the two degrees you have from UAB was more gratifying? The first one because you went back and kind of honored your mom's wishes or the master's degree because it's an advanced degree?
1: I suppose my first degree was more meaningful, yes, because I I, I was just sad that my mother couldn't see me because she had already passed on by then.
0: You started teaching in 1971. Mm-hmm. How long did you teach for? And was it within the same school district?
1: No, it was in an adjoining county. And uh, then I went to work for Bell South, where I had worked earlier in life before ever I met my husband. And and I became an assistant staff manager and worked there for 15 years.
0: How challenging was it as a parent of multiple children juggling things with you and your husband with somebody being with them at all times. Because you mentioned, you know, maybe during the day, your husband was at work, you were at home at evening, you were at work and he was at home. So that had to have been a major challenge.
1: It it was to some extent, but we worked it out. I don't remember that there were any problems that we couldn't uh, solve, resolve. We worked it out and worked together. I had worked some at, we didn't have our child, our first child until after, three years of marriage. Well, during that time, I had worked and my husband uh, went got his degree, got his first degree. He had not completed his college degree when we were married. So I worked so he could. So it's sort of the roles were reversed then. <laughs> and uh, he, he kept their children and let me attend school and it worked out.
0: <laughs> what has it been like kind of sitting back and watching the university evolve from something that was Something that was real new in 1969 and small to a world-class institution today. What's it been like watching that transformation?
1: It makes me very proud that I'm a graduate from there. Yes, I'm glad to see it grow and do well. It makes me very proud of who I am.
0: When did you retire and what were you doing when you retired?
1: I worked 15 years for Bell South and I don't remember how many years, but I I was an assistant staff manager, but they sold out to uh, AT&T. And so that ended ended my work there. And so uh, I took uh, the small retirement from them. And uh, then I taught at Faulkner University, a private school for 10 years until we moved here. I enjoyed it all. Life has been good. The Lord has blessed us richly.
0: After you retired, you didn't stop life. You dabbled in this, you dabbled in that. What kind of fun things did you do? Because I think, if I remember right, I found a book that you might have written.
1: Mm-hmm. But well, that's one of the things I did, is write my memoirs and, and focused on my early life. But I started becoming members. I, stu- I studied genealogy enough to know that I could be a member of the Daughters of the American Revolution. I trace my ancestry back for five or six generations. I also am a member of the daughters, uh, U.S. Daughters of 1812. And you know what that means, implies that, that I have a direct ancestor who was involved in those wars. So I'm active in those, and particularly in the Daughters of the American Revolution. I've served in various capacities in that organization. And I, I started a book club in 2011 and we still have that book club. I I entertain, I've always loved to cook for people. I think my children will tell you that. And many, many hundreds of people have had their feet under my table. My first choice when I went to UAB and I said, I want to be a home economics teacher. They said, you can get every requirement here except what you need for home economics. You'll have to go to Tuscaloosa. And I said, then I said, well, I'll have to change it to my second love, which is language and English, because I said I refuse to go that far from my children. They're still See, I had three small children and I refused to drive to Tuscaloosa away from my children, even though I think two of them were already in school, in grammar school at the time. But I said, no, I won't leave my children, so I'll just change my major. And I changed it to, to English <laughs> and graduated from UAB and went on and earned my master's there.
0: Coming from a child that worked in the cotton fields at five to a non-traditional 30-something student at UAB (laughs) retiring after a career, would you change anything about that trajectory?
1: Well, I don't know that I would. I haven't given that a lot of thought. I'm just, I'm thankful that I had the drive to do the things that I've done.
0: What about UAB makes you most proud to be an alumnus?
1: Well, I hadn't—I guess I hadn't given any thought to that—but I'm proud of UAB, and I'm glad that it's developed its sports teams. There were not sports teams at first, and that I've gotten to attend many of those games. So, I'm just thankful that I had the drive, because my children always came first as long as they needed me, but. But the way it worked out, they were always with their father or me. And so that's good. And, and it was his idea for me to attend school in the evenings and let me, because he knew I wanted to go to school, but I wouldn't leave my children.
0: That's Ruby Pruitt, a two-time graduate of UAB. She earned her Bachelor's of Arts degree from the College of Arts and Sciences in English back in 1971, followed by a Master's in Education in 1975. As a longtime Blazer, Ruby definitely has a good idea of what it means to be a Blazer.
1: Well, just I'm very thankful. I'm just thankful to be a part of the Blazers. I'm, I, I consider myself a part, a viable part of it. And I'm, I'm happy that that, that it's that way, but we still keep up with them the best we can.
0: Be sure to listen into to previous episodes of UAB Green and Told. Check out our website at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have a story to share or know someone we need to get in touch with? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search UAB alumni. Thanks for listening. And until next time, go Blazers.